Uh, and I do believe that our own personal journeys prepare us for moments. And I couldn't help but to think that this was a moment for me, given my background, given my journey, and given my experience. And, you know, it caused me to ask the question, have you ever seen a better time for supply diversity? And the answer was no. And I've seen it. And then and I said, well, can I tell what supplier diversity is going to look like in five years, 10 years? No. But I can certainly unequivocally say I've never seen a better time. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. You're joined again by your two favorite hosts. I'm Adam Moore here with Chloe Goodry-Reed, and today in studio, we're going to be joined by Gary Sutton, U.S. firm business diversity leader at Deloitte Consulting. Gary has 18 years of sourcing and procurement consulting experience, 13 with Deloitte, and the other five with the Boston Consulting Group and the Hackett Group. In those 18 years, he has served more than 40 commercial and public sector clients combined. During this time, he developed a level of sourcing and procurement expertise that makes it one of the firm's leading voices on this topic. His experience has the same functional depth and cross-industry breadth that industry observers like ALM Intelligence and Gartner cite when they rank Deloitte among the global leaders in procurement operations. He brings his sourcing and procurement experience and leadership capabilities to his current role, where he is responsible for leading the U.S. firm to the ambitious goal of spending at least $1.0 billion. You heard that number right, folks. $1.0 billion annually by 2025 with suppliers from communities of color and women collectively referred to as diverse suppliers. A subject of this goal is to spend at least $200 million annually with Black-owned and Black-led suppliers. Gary has his BA in economics from Howard University and an MBA in finance from Duke University. Gary, thank you so much for your time today and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really excited to be here and you know share the story uh, about business diversity uh, at Deloitte. That is wonderful. Well, those were some audacious goals that you guys had there. Yes. And I love it. I love it. I love it. First question, you know, when we were looking over your bio, I saw that your title is U.S. Firm Business Diversity Leader. But when we were talking a little bit more, it looks like your focus is a little bit more on actually supplier diversity. Can you tell me why you guys decided to use, what does that title mean? And, and, and why did you kind of want to move away from the term supplier diversity? Yeah. And it doesn't really roll off the tongue really easily. Let me tell you from having done the intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it, it is the, the intent there is to get 
two couple of things. One, to get people asking that question. Yeah. Why are you using business diversity? And it gives us an opportunity to tell the story. And, you know, historically uh, within um, supplier diversity, um, many firms would use diverse suppliers for, you know, relatively low risk, you know, relatively low margin categories. You know, think office supplies, think tech right. labor, and even to some extent, you know, construction. And business diversity is about including diverse suppliers across the entire spectrum of what we spend money on. Yeah. And so that uh, includes professional services, technical services. And the real emphasis here is on including diverse suppliers in those segments of the economy that are growing the fastest right now. And we know that uh, technical and professional services are leading the way. So we want to be as inclusive in those categories as those those folks have been historically in, in some of the other you know, relatively low margin, relatively low risk categories. Wow, I have I have so many questions just in that one just in that one statement. You know, so Gary, I think that's great. I, I love the idea of supplier diversity being more proactive than reactive. Because uh, my time in the field, and Chloe and I have talked about this a lot. It's actually what kind of inspired Chloe to start her business, right? And that is business managers coming to us and they've started an RFP and they're like, oh yeah, supplier diversity is a thing. Maybe we need to get a diverse firm, you know, on this, this uh, ticket before it goes out. What are you guys doing at Deloitte? Can you share any uh, industry secrets with us? Maybe for those of us who are also managing supplier diversity departments, how are you getting in front of the business to make it more proactive than reactive? Yeah. I mean, that's um, internally within Deloitte, we call that making it the part of the fabric of what we do. So that it's not something that you have to think about. You you treat it as a, a way that you you do business. And so what we've done uh, is we've targeted uh, our most commonly used procurement processes. So we have some uh, procurement processes that are designed for, let's say, for any expenditures greater than three hundred thousand. We've got a centralized group that focuses on on those. We also have a part of our organization that focuses on. Uh, contingent labor, uh, for example. And what we've done is we've developed very specific strategies to systematically include diverse suppliers uh, into those procurement uh, processes. Just an example uh, of that. And you're going to find that many other organizations uh, who are uh, aggressively now looking to make improvements, you're going to hear that they're going to be doing some of these things as well. But for our procurement process, uh, we are systematically including uh, diverse suppliers into the RFPs. Uh, we are also including uh, supplier diversity as a factor uh, in the RFPs. And, and what that means is that if you are a diverse supplier uh, and you're participating in the RFP, that gets evaluated. If you are a non-diverse supplier, and you are teaming with or partnering with a diverse supplier, that gets uh, evaluated. And so those things are looked at uh, favorably. Mm. Um, I, I like that. I like that. Having that strategic relationship being part of the decisioning factor, right? Because I think that's one of the problems we have as larger firms. We look at some of these diverse suppliers. They're fantastic firms, but we're afraid of scalability. And not then that doesn't mm. say we don't think they can do it. We're just afraid at the volume and size of our organizations, we can put them in a financial jeopardy it seems counterintuitive, but it's true. And I love that Deloitte's taking that proactive step. I'm going to go back to that word again about saying, hey, we value 
strategic relationships between diverse and non-diverse firms. I absolutely love that. Yeah, one, one other thing that um, we're being very intentional about also is thinking about the full spectrum uh, of our supply base. Yeah. Uh, and not only our supply base as far as diverse suppliers, but the, the, the spectrum within the industry. And so we are not only targeting small, medium, and large, we're also targeting uh, startups because yeah. we want to make sure that that full spectrum of suppliers is, is being considered because there's a place for, you know, the worldwide technologies of, of the world, you know, right. $15 billion uh, enterprise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're also looking at, you know, uh, smaller startups that have something to uh, offer uh, to Deloitte as well, um, because our whole our whole goal uh, is is about making an impact. Uh, and it, and as we think about uh, the supply base and as we think about making su- uh, supplier diversity a part of the fabric of what we do, we want right. people to understand that you have to think about all of that um, uh, uh, supply chain. And, and you do have to have strategies that suit the different uh, parts of that uh, spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're being intentional about how we're addressing those different um, parts of the spectrum of our supply base. That is you know that's awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, startups is something that companies often miss. And when I think about oftentimes companies that I'm talking to outside the U.S. and our clients globally, what I'm seeing is that innovation is happening at a different speed outside the U.S. And so why isn't it happening here? And it is because of the hesitancy for startups to get traction. And then when you think layer on the diversity aspects and their ability to access capital, particularly in some of these more capital intensive businesses, it's harder and harder. So in order for us to continue to stay and be the leader you know, global leader, I think companies need to start thinking about how do we support innovation at the startup level. But yeah, I mean, there's, it's a twofold thing. We can say, yes, we can, we can support startups, but then you also have to make sure that your, your procurement and supplier onboarding practices allow you the flexibility to onboard startups. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes where I feel like it just doesn't, where the rubber just doesn't meet the road there. Well, Chloe, that's one thing that's going to change here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, because um, and I won't get into the details, the specific details, but identifying venture firms that specifically focus on funding, whether it's seed uh, or, or whether it's later um, um, round uh, funding, uh, focusing on that group uh, is important for us because they have portfolios of suppliers that can be important to Deloitte, and so. Um, building that ecosystem of venture firms is uh, an important part of uh, our approach. Um, and, you know, I get a lot of calls uh, from yeah, folks who want to understand how to do business with, with Deloitte. Right. And I take them all because I have to listen to what the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when the opportunities um, resonate, uh, we continue the conversation, but you have to talk to um, all the folks who are who are reaching out to you because uh, we're looking for those opportunities to to connect with the right suppliers uh, to help help us uh, help us grow. Uh, and so, there is an absolutely a place uh, for uh, startups. Right, right. That is awesome. So I, I'll ask this question. I'll put Chloe uh, on the interview seat along with you, Gary, here for just a second. <laughs> okay. Um, 
and I, and I already have an opinion on this, but I, I would really love to hear you guys' insight. Incubator programs, right? That's yeah. kind of the hot topic right now uh, in corporate America. They're like, oh, we have to have an incubator. We need to have a small yeah. business incubator. We have a diverse supplier, you know, incubator. What, what do you guys think about incubator programs? Is that is that just kind of the the hot topic bandwagon everybody's jumping on, or do you see that as a go forward strategy that? really could help us move the needle uh, in spending with diverse suppliers. So I, a couple couple of thoughts on that, right? And, okay. you know, I do like listening to the market, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what I'm hearing the market, and in this case, the market is a lot of startups uh, and mm-hmm. small businesses. I, what I hear them saying is uh, they, over, they are over-mentored and underfunded. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, you know, uh, you know, and I think the mentoring is great mm-hmm. because, you know, if I think about Deloitte as a, for example, mm-hmm. there are things you have to know um, about how to do business with a large firm like Deloitte. Sure. Absolutely. And yeah. if, you don't, if you don't have somebody that's providing you with that mentoring, um, then that's going to be um, difficult. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and so I think it, I think there's a role for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, it, but, but it, I think it needs to go beyond that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that if the if the mentoring comes without doing business mm-hmm. or without doing funding, it does lead, uh, give rise to that that comment that we're over mentored and wow. unfunded. I love that. I am I am so going to start using that now, Gary. I hope you haven't uh, put a copyright on that because I love <laughs> that. And that is you you took the issue and just kind of boiled it down to a simple sentence. Right. And that's so clarifying. So clarifying. Okay. So now it's your turn, Chloe. Yeah. You know, I, um, I feel like when we think about it, you know, corporations, it's, I think it's just the language, right? I think, you know, incubator is sort of a buzzword right now. I think that it's interchangeable with some of these um, supplier development programs is just rebranded. And so I think that, um, I understand, you know, when suppliers say we're over mentored, we need capital, we're over mentored, we need capital. But I also think, you know, that working with a, if you're selling to B2B and depending on how complex, you know, your goods or services are, you know, you can have different experiences with each corporation. And I, I, I don't necessarily feel like there's a such thing as being over mentored. You can have mentorship. And I think that a lot of companies, this is where I feel like, you know, they get it wrong is they, you know, are building curriculum in this dark room and it's six weeks mm-hmm. or it's eight weeks. And it's like, you know, how much how much value can you actually give a supplier out of a six week or eight week curriculum? And then I also think that corporations just do this blanket approach. Like we're going to have programming for black um, business owners, small business owners. And let's just use the example of technology, making the assumption that we're all at the same you know, area, all of the same space in our um, businesses. Some are, I mean, I've been in programs where some are B2C, some are B2B, some are just have an idea versus people who are doing more than a million dollars. And so you cannot have this, the only commonality is that it, they're black and brown. And so it's just like people are frustrated with the lack of intentionality with the programs that are out there. And so they're like, just give us the funding because this is not helpful. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, God. I think, and I really appreciate both those insights, right? From the corporate side and from the small business side, because as I sit here and I've got people coming to me going, 
We need to have a mentoring program. We need to have an incubator program. I'm sitting there going, why? <laughs> why? You know, it's as, unless you want to see me pull out what's left of my hair, I don't really understand why we're going to go down this path. But I think that's it, right? Because it is the buzzword. It's the hip thing to do. And I can't agree with you more, Chloe. This word incubator is now just kind of being thrown over, kind of like um, when people who sell contingent labor say, oh, we're a consulting service. I'm like, no, you're a staffing provider, right? They, it's it's uh, putting the lipstick on the pig, so to speak, right? right? And they're calling it something other than it is. And I'm like, I talked to one and I, I finally had to end the call. I'm like, you're not an incubator. You're a venture capital program who's taking 51 plus percent ownership of a company when you're done with it. And all you're trying to do yeah. is sell me the goods as, oh, hey, look, we're helping diverse suppliers. I'm like, no, you're just trying to sell me stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that the, the idea uh, of development, supplier development, uh, is going to change. Yeah. Agreed. We're, Agreed. We're um, being uh, in, intentional uh, about what we're, what we're doing at Deloitte. And, you know, our expectation is that we are going to help the industry change and in how it thinks about um, development. More to come on that. We've got some, we've got some secret sauce brewing. Oh, nice. Um, I but love to it, hear it, about that. It, I know. It does involve um, um, being intentional about how you put your arms around um, suppliers and, and, mm -hmm. and, and the ones that you, you, you target. And so again, the idea that some level of, of, of mentoring, and again, Chloe, I, I like the way you position this as a, a conversation about language. Um, because when I talk about development, I could say incubator, I could say development, I could say training. I think there is an element of the training that's needed. Um, you know, we've got, master service agreements at Deloitte that can be complicated. We need, to, we need to ensure that our suppliers understand that. We have payment terms right now that are not always uh, amenable to small businesses. So we have to talk to our suppliers about what that means, right? Um, and so that level of education, that level of, of, of training uh, is uh, important. Now, when we identify a supplier that has the capabilities that we need, and maybe, maybe today they don't have the capacity, right? Then there's a question of how do you help them to develop that capacity? And, and not just develop it generically, but develop it so that we can use it. We're developing the capacity for us, um, not for the, for the market you know, writ large. And that requires some level of intentionality and commitment uh, to spend money with them. And, you know, I'm sure, Chloe, you, you know more than I do as, as an entrepreneur what that means to get a commitment mm -hmm. uh, from, you know, a client yeah. to, to, uh, to, to move forward in a, in a commercial relationship. Right. Um, and so it's, I think both of those things, development plus the commercial uh, uh, commitments, you know, together, um, that's what's going to make a, 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 a difference. And, how we're planning on going about that um, is going to be really exciting. So what I'm hearing is we're going to have to have a part two with Gary. Yes. Once, when he's once ready they, to once, let the yeah, cat when, out the when bag. When he's ready to yes. kind of pull the curtain aside and let us yes. see this. I think we're going to have to have a follow-up uh, on this because I think we're just like very the exciting. anticipation is exactly. just yes, it's got a bubbling over. On here. 
And, and when that happens, you're going to see a smile bigger than the one you see right now. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty big, you guys can't see it because it's a podcast, but let me tell you what, Gary's beaming from ear to ear right now. So I don't see how that's possible. Yes, yes, yes. So Gary, you know, we have another thing in common is that we both have supply chain backgrounds. And so you were in the supply chain space as a consultant for 13 years. What motivated you really to kind of take the step out and really take this role on as the the firm's business diversity leader? Yeah, you know, um, if you had asked me a a year ago uh, whether I'd be in this role, um, I would have said no. Yeah. And when when my uh, we all have uh, coaches uh, here at, at Deloitte and my coach presented this opportunity to me. And uh, when he presented it to me, I said, um, I said, um, why would I do this? And um, and I said, I'm not interested. And to his credit, I love your transparency. Said, I think I, th- I, know, I, I think you should pay attention to this. Yeah. Right. And you should really think about it. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. And what that, what that did is it set me off on a personal um, journey of reflection. Mm-hmm. And it was reflection on my career. And, you know, I have served over 40 clients. And by the way, and that's over the last 18 years. And most of them have had some form of uh, supplier diversity issue that I've had the opportunity to help them with. Interesting. Um, and, and even prior to uh, coming into the consulting business, uh, this is back in the early 2000s during the, the gogo.com mm-hmm. years, I started a company called Expansion. Mm. And this was a company that I think just was ahead of its uh, uh, time, but it was a technology platform that allowed small um, women minority-owned companies to connect with larger uh, corporations to transact business. Nice. Uh, well, anyway... Point being is that over that time, I've seen just about every shade of supplier diversity, the good, the bad, uh, and the, the ugly. And so I, I've, I've known supplier diversity for a long time. And when I thought about what had happened in 2020 uh, with George Floyd yeah. and the amount of energy that companies were starting to put around supplier diversity, it occurred to me that what we had here uh, was a moment. Uh, And I do believe that, you know, we are our own personal journeys prepare us for moments. And I couldn't help but to think that this was a moment uh, for me, given my background, given my journey, and given my experience. And, you know, it it caused me to ask the question, have you ever seen a better time for supply diversity? The answer was no. And I've seen it. And then, and I said, well, can I, tell what supplier diversity is going to look like in five years, 10 years? No, but I can certainly unequivocally say I've never seen a better time. And so that led me from, you know, why would I do this to why wouldn't I do this? And I knew that I could have uh, a significant impact, not only on uh, Deloitte, uh, but also uh, on the industry uh, writ large. And, you know, at, at Deloitte, our, our, our mission is to create sustainable wealth for communities of color uh, and women. And uh, through that billion dollar investment that we're, we're making. Now, our, our vision for how we're going to do that is we're going to create an ecosystem and we've already started, but it's an ecosystem of stakeholders that support the identification, the recruitment, 
the use, the development, and the retention uh, of diverse suppliers. Uh, and, and what's connected with that vision also is that our goal is to become the industry thought leader uh, on the topic. Because we, we decided if we're going to be in it, uh, we're going to be in it to be the best. And I mentioned before, there's a lot of greatness that's going on out there right now with, with folks who have been doing this longer than I have, you know, full time. And I look forward to learning uh, from, from those folks. And I, and, I, and I look forward to sharing what we're, what we're doing so that we can collectively move this whole thing forward. That's awesome. Thank you for that. I absolutely love that transparency in that story. Thank yes. you so much. I mean, I think that helps all of us kind of reset and refocus you know, our drives and what we're trying to do to help uh, move the, the whole, not just the conversation, the needle forward in, you know, our diverse and small businesses. That's fantastic. Thank you. One thing I thought when you were telling us that story is, you know, when you were sort of going through, here's what I'm thinking. Um, I think the biggest thing there is, you know, looking towards the future and you said, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't see what supplier diversity is going to look like in five years, but I can be a part of that. I can be a part of what it looks like because not only is now the best time for it, but also you see this digital transformation that's happening with the supply chain. And so, and there's, and there's so many other things in terms of just innovation. You think about clean energy, you think about all these other different things. So for you guys to be leading the way and thinking about, hey, I don't know what the future looks like, but we're at this transformational period. And if you put supplier diversity, I think at the front of that, we all win, you know, just as a nation. So anyhow, I think that's one of the things that really motivate me is I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that for the first time, you know, and since I've been in the professional world, I can see it changing at a rapid speed. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, and I love the way the technology people think about change. Oh, yeah. You know, they say, if, if you want to predict the future, create it. Yes. Um, so true. And so that's, that's what we're, uh, that's what we're about. Yeah. And, you know, you know, some people have asked me, Gary, what do you think um, the fuse or the timeline is on this enthusiasm? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. How long is it going to last? And I, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, right. But. You know, my my response is what it looks like in five years from now, what it looks like in 10 years from now depends on what we do right now. Absolutely. Amen. And if if we want to create that future, we've got to be in, intentional. And that's the thing that gets me uh, the most uh, excited. You know, we've, we've got some wonderful things uh, uh, planned. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, looking at a graph in 10 years saying, Boy, what happened in in 2022 where things started to to move off the charts? Right. You know what happened? Right. Right. Um, that's what's got me jazzed. Yeah. And, you know, excited every day. That's awesome. And you know what I love is is I, I want everybody to also realize that uh, we never we didn't have a pre meeting with Gary, but you used the buzzword <laughs> that Chloe and I absolutely love on this show, and that's intentionality, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. all too often, whether it's supplier diversity or other any other DEI effort. We look at the industry and we're like, "There, what are you guys doing?" It's like they're just just throwing stuff against the wall, saying, "Oh yeah, we're doing this, that, and the other," but there's no intentionality behind it, right? And and to have a program to shape the future, to put your kind of yeah. stamp on it, you have to be intentional. You can't just yeah. do it and not understand why you're doing it, right? You have to look downrange 
and understand what impact am I trying to affect? And we can't do that unless we have these moments of introspection and kind of, you know, thinking through things and, and ideating what does it look like in five years and how can I help get it there in five years? What conversations do I need to have? And really, I, I would have to say that was the genesis for this show, right? Chloe and I were like, yeah. we really need to start some conversations in and around supplier diversity. And from there, here we are. And it has been uh, an amazing journey. So, yeah. but thank you. Well, thank I, you guys both for the platform. Oh, it's absolutely our pleasure. Absolutely our pleasure. And, you know, I think the other thing, Gary, when you think about, you know, when people ask, you know, how long is this train, this momentum around diversity? But I think that what co- what you've seen from companies like Deloitte and putting people who've been in operations roles and very strategic roles, you see a rise of that happening. And so now that you've mm. got these people in these roles that are charged with it, I will, I, I am hopeful and, and optimistic that, that we will continue to see more and more growth that you can, you yeah. can't stop it now because now you've got yeah. people from business units that are tackling this from, you know, an organizational perspective and bringing their uh, technical expertise to this role that I think sometimes, you know, companies just didn't have that before. Yeah. You know, I, um, I think I agree with that a hundred, hundred percent. And I think it is, is interesting to see more people uh, coming out of maybe quote unquote, non-traditional roles coming into um, roles like mine. And, um, you know, if, if I look at the success I expect to have mm-hmm. uh, here uh, at Deloitte, uh, I think part of it is going to be, you know, again, all the intentionality, all the planning and all the programming that, that we have in store. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it is also how we define the business case right. mm-hmm. uh, for um, uh, supplier diversity. And I don't know if it's the same for every business, right? Right. Um, you know, o- over the years, as I've looked at supplier diversity, I've known that it, it was an easier business case to make in a consumer oriented industry. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the, oh, yeah. the crafts, the, the Ford Motor Companies of the world, they wanted their supply base to reflect their customer base. Right. right? And so you, that was an easier argument to make in a B2B world it's more nuanced. It's less mm-hmm. clear what that business case is. Now, in, in our business, uh, the consulting business, it just so happens we serve a lot of clients, Fortune 500 clients, right. who have um, uh, supplier diversity as a goal. And, and increasingly, they have goals. Right. Because we deliver projects, and fundamentally, that's what we sell is projects mm-hmm. to our clients to help them solve their most complicated problems. We then naturally have a way to um, partner with diverse suppliers uh, as uh, subcontractors on our client engagements. Absolutely. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it serves a couple of purposes. Uh, number one, it helps Deloitte achieve its goals to spend with diverse suppliers. Mm-hmm. Number two, it helps our client because right. our client mm-hmm. counts those dollars. Okay? Yes. Um, and so... We kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, and that is an absolute business case. And in our pursuits for those projects, it is a big plus to show that you have been able to partner with a diverse firm. And so what we've historically seen in the federal government, state and local government in terms of the 
maybe stronger requirements for, for the use of diversifiers. Mm -hmm. That is translating more and more into the commercial space. And we're seeing it every day. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, Chloe and Adam, you guys may be seeing that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But that is an absolute business case. I, I'm talking to clients every day mm -hmm. and they're asking the question, how are you going to help us achieve our spend uh, with diversifiers? Yeah. So that for in our business, the business case is really clear. Yeah. Um, and we're. You know, not it's it, not not everyone is tuned into it right now. Yes. Um, and it's not because they don't want to be. But, you know, we're about the business right now of right. communicating that right. uh, more and more uh, internally. Mm. Um, and and so for us in this industry, um, we've got a clear uh, business case. I can't speak as well for, you know, those outside of uh, this industry who are in more of a B2B environment. Right. Uh, but in, in our case, uh, that business case that business case is pretty clear. Absolutely. Okay. So for everybody listening to this podcast right now, I want you to, when you hear this portion, I want you to pit, click pause, <laughs> and I want you to rewind it to where Gary starts talking slowly. about the business case. <laughs> and I want you to put it on slow, and I want you to write down every word the man just said, because <laughs> that was some of the best advice you're ever going to get from Deloitte Consulting for free. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you that right now, having worked with Deloitte many times in my professional career, that is some of the best advice. So stop, pause, rewind, write it down. Then you can finish the rest of the show. But I'm telling you, Gary, that was phenomenal because that is a huge stumbling point. I, I, I too have these conversations. I'm talking to like peers in the industry and they're like, you know, I'm part time and I'm trying to write the business case to make this position full time or I'm trying to write the business case to get another FTE because we're just there's so much work to be done, but that's it, right? And and I love that B2B part of it with the nuance. And that's really where I think supplier diversity departments start to get themselves in trouble quickly when they don't understand the own nuance, not only of their supply chain, but then of their either their providers or the people they're selling to. Right. right? And that yeah, is and I think it's a wonderful. fair question for people to ask, you know, what's what, what's the business? It yeah. is a fair question. It's a very um, fair question. Yeah. yeah, you know, because and, at there is, the, and there is an answer. There is an answer. And at the end of the day, we all still have a fiduciary responsibility to our stockholders. If you're yeah. in that large of a company or your investors, right? Somebody somewhere has put up money to start that business, right? right. And, yeah. and, and so that is a very real question. And um, sometimes we're just, we're, we're very tempted to say, well, because it's the right thing to do. Well, okay, we all get that. We got it. But I, there's still a money outlay for us to do what we do, right? That's that's the nitty gritty. That's the ugly truth, if you will, about supplier diversity. And I, I absolutely love that, yeah. Gary, because that's a question that stumps people all the time. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's, it's real. And it, I think, um, you know, to Gary's point about being in professional services, I think that that is very unique. And it's tough. Yeah. It is. Um, it's easier to find that as opposed to some of these other industries, because oh, yeah. when you look at, consulting firms, management consulting firms, the Aeons, the Willis, it naturally Deloitte's, it naturally makes sense that, okay, yeah. we are servicing our clients. Of course, our clients are going to require this. It's in our best interest to find and partner with small businesses that do exactly what we do. Right. Actually, because now we can train them up. We can also partner with them, deliver the same level of excellence by showing and mentoring them along right. the way and also by meeting the needs of our clients. So right. it's a different approach because, number one, you have to definitely understand how the operations of the business work. 
But Mm -hmm. traditionally, supplier diversity has just been how do we service our business through accessing diverse suppliers, not really thinking about the actual revenue generator opportunity that supplier Mm -hmm. diversity actually brings. And I think that is what's missed on companies all the time is, okay, what do we need? Let's find some diverse suppliers to supply our needs, as opposed to what do our clients need that we're already contracting with? How can we find some diverse suppliers? And, and, and to your point, Gary, it's like killing multiple birds with, with one stone because you can do the development, you can meet the needs and also right. help these companies grow. Yep. So it's just, it's, it's something that I think companies, it's, it's something coming, but I think that they have to really grasp, you know, what, what the business is really doing, how suppliers can really add value and also be in conversations with sales and customer support around what are our clients saying that they need. And, and oftentimes, and this is something that I, you know, hope people understand is supplier diversity is not part of all those conversations. And that's something that needs to change as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I I think it's important to listen to um, you know the, all the voices that are that are out there having this conversation, right. which is again why I really appreciate you all creating this platform. Um, because uh, you know, again, if if we're going to be um, the best at what we do, uh, it, it means we have to really be listening to you know what's what's going on mm-hmm. uh, out there. Absolutely. And um, if, if somebody's got an idea, uh, even if it's in an industry outside of, of ours, mm-hmm. but it helps us to achieve our mission. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's really what's important yeah. for us, achieving that, that yeah. mission of creating you know, generational wealth for communities of color and women. Yeah. Um, and if, if somebody's got an idea that's going to help us to, to do that, uh, we're going to listen. Um, but, but you do have to I think, listen to what people are saying. And, you know, to be honest, I really am, even though I'm in the professional services industry, I do want to understand, you know, what it, what is it like if you are, you know, selling, you know, gypsum to a, a construction uh, uh, company, right? I mean, how, how are people thinking about that business case in, in, in those types of environments? Because, yeah, I think there's something to to learn there that can um, um, be translated to what we do. Absolutely. Um, but you gotta have you gotta have that uh, conversation. And wouldn't it be great if we had an opportunity to bring a number of industries together to talk about um, that very topic? Absolutely. You know, the business case. Yep. And and really listen to you know how people are struggling, how people are succeeding, uh, and answering uh, that question. I love it. Um, I love it. If I had hair, it would be tingling, right? Now. <laughs> well, and 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 not to, it, it, we'll, we'll have some secrets too. So we're not going to let Gary be the only person with the cliffhanger, but there's some <laughs> some ideas around that yes. very topic that Chloe and I have been discussing that hopefully will come to fruition, maybe not this year, but next year. So uh, everybody gets a cliffhanger today. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Gary. Yes, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. Our pleasure. Connect with us on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and check out previous shows and stay tuned for next time. Thank you again.
Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.